Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George, I don't know if you took a plane, comma, train, ampersand, automobile to get here tonight, but we're very happy to discuss that film uh, with those different forms of uh, locomotion. Tran- transportation. Yes. I took an ampersand, personally. Ooh. Oh, you did? I did. Road so Two-wheel in... or four-wheel? It was uh, no wheels. No wheels. No wheels. Did you yeah. even... Mm. No keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. George, you watch trains, planes, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Automobiles, trains, and planes. How are you feeling tonight, my man? It's fantastic. Fantastic. Travis, man, <laughs> it is a, a movie to be thankful for. How yes. are you tonight, man? I was hoping it was a Christmas movie, but I'll take a Thanksgiving movie. You've seen this before, right? No, this is my first time. For real? No, he's stop full it. of it. He's seen Get this. Get the hard. fuck out of here! No, I watched <laughs> this like twice last week. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, full disclosure: only the second time I've seen this movie all the way through. Okay. So. Yeah, you suggested it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a Thanksgiving movie, and I, I, I mean, we love the the cast, right? I mean, it's yes, all of our yes. favorite people. Uh, a lot of them. Yeah. This time through, I watched it with one of my kids, and throughout the whole movie, he kept going, wait, I know that person. Wait, I've mm-hmm. seen him and stuff. I've seen her and stuff. And finally, right before the freak out at the uh, car rental booth, he goes, why is everybody in this movie? I was because like, yeah, man. Because it's a John Hughes film. Because <laughs> this is a good movie. Oh, is that why? Yeah. A lot, what's funny is uh, I totally forgot Kevin Bacon was in this movie. Dude, I was like, why is Kevin Bacon in this movie for 10 seconds? Right. He, he's he's uh, billed as um, Taxi Racer. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's Kevin Bacon. He's Taxi Racer in this movie. Yeah. It's Cameo so good, Scalor. man. It's a good ben flick. Stein. Ben Stein. Ben Stein makes an appearance. It's pretty much everybody in Ferris Bueller's, except for Matthew Broderick. And a lot of Home Alone stuff. future yeah. folks. Uh, some proto-Home yes. Alone camera work in this one too oddly enough but yes the the guy from home alone who doesn't want to take the mom's offer for their tickets back home and says the wife has a whole shoebox full of dangly ones you know the mm-hmm. that guy doesn't have a mm. line but he falls asleep on steve martin's shoulder on the plane and i was yes. like it's the dangly guy it's the dangly guy oh my gosh and the lawyer that gets eaten by a T-Rex in Jurassic Park is in this movie. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's the he's the motel uh guy who takes the watches. Uh, uh Seven, yeah, yeah. Seventeen dollars in a watch. Yeah. Or fourteen dollars in a watch. And for the first time we can bring up six dollars the watch. Lawrence brothers. Whoa. Whoa, uh, yeah. Matthew yeah. Lawrence pops up in this as a little kid. Yes, he does. Who was also in uh Mrs. Doubtfire. Which we haven't Hello. seen yet. Which we haven't watched. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it on TV oh. like a long time ago. Probably drunk at a party. No, 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 no. When I was a kid. <laughs> drunk when you were a kid. Oh, at a party. A kid. Yeah. It's a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> yes, we got to watch that. <laughs> uh, and even Michael McKean shows up who... Yes, he does. ...doesn't do Stonehenge this time, but that's okay. <laughs> he doesn't always have to do Stonehenge. And David Spade and... Chris Farley. Oh wait, no, that was Black. No, that's no, no. Chevy Chase. <laughs> that, was Tom, and... that was Tommy Boy. No, that's Vacation. <laughs> it's a weird movie because there are segments where I'm just like, oh, this is yeah. just this is just the falling asleep part of Vacation, just yes. longer. Like, huh? Okay. But then, and like the when deer, they the deer scene in Tommy Boy. Yeah, the deer scene in Tommy Boy, yeah. and then that when they introduce uh, Owen, which is the guy that drives the truck. You know the yes. I don't want to say yeah. anything disparaging about the last city I lived in, but he looked familiar to me. <laughs> uh, they do the same like camera on the boots pan up that they do on the scary yes. neighbor from Home Alone. So I'm just like, oh, I know that shot. Like, cool. Yeah. Here we are. And they're same living in the McAllister too. house. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. had to look. Yeah. Is that the same house? It's not the same no, house, but it's, it's damn close. No. It's apparently that's what all the houses in Chicago look like. John Hughes yeah. has a type. Yes. That is his type. He's, he's like a Tim Burton. He has a definite style and universe that he built. Freaking John Candy. Ugh. John Candy, king, king of everything. Wish that we could have gotten another thousand films. You know, I would trade many a Hollywood career. Just oh, yeah. throw them all away for more John Candy. Watch it. This is what got Matthew Perry in trouble. <laughs> Be careful what you say. <laughs> uh, in his book, he said, uh, Wire, what did he say? Um, Heath Ledger's dead. River Phoenix is dead. And Keanu Reeves still walks around. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Keanu Reeves like, is wait, like, what? whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Oof. maybe that's why he was sitting pouting at that train station at one time. I don't know, that but bus station that, that was rough. And then later he did a correction. Matthew Perry did. He's like, oh, "I'm in me too, you know. I mean, I suck too. Why am I alive?" <laughs> and then he, I saw some other quote from him being like, "Well, but I did keep up with some famous actor in some movie he did before Friends." And I'm just like, you right. know, just stop digging. Just quit. <laughs> But he made a lot of money with that book, so whatever. Yeah, you don't piss off John Wick. What's the matter with you? That's a good point. At least he didn't... Well, never mind. We we haven't talked about John Wick yet. But True. You know. He didn't do the one that, thing you don't do to John Wick. That's true. Yet. Is you know. is this your first Steve Martin movie on the show? Uh, Oh, God. Do you I know think, who Steve I Martin so. is? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was just like, hold on. Yeah. We assumed. A, yeah, we assumed. Well, I, I know you probably watched Father of the Bride about nineteen times at yeah. your mom's house. Yes, and I've <laughs> I've seen um, I've seen Steve Martin and like and mm-hmm. Martin Short do like their okay. TV special and stuff. Have I, you I, ever seen Three Amigos? Um, maybe. Okay. Probably not. We could do a whole season on Steve Martin. But yeah. yeah, I'm very familiar with Steve Martin. I think he's hilarious. Yeah, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, genius. Parenthood. Roadhead. Apparently. Was I was I that far off with uh, my guess What'd as to say? what this movie was? I said like Bill Murray, like Animal House. No, you weren't close. It's yeah, not, you were even kind of kind of in the you were in the right decade. <sighs> I was gonna say it's <laughs> you were like in the, the library, but you weren't in the right book. If it, it's almost like if I was like, oh, it's a it's a baseball movie, and it's like, mm, well, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's actually like a basketball movie. But it must be a guy wearing a trench coat and a machine gun. It's totally different, but it's a sport. <laughs> yeah, you know. Good call back to uh, the Hell- Hellraiser <laughs> yeah. episode. Oh, Hellraiser. Season like one, a... <laughs> or season two. Early two, on, yeah. Hellraiser. Why did we watch it? I forget. Just kidding. I remember. Oh, because he was supposed to he meet. He was at Monster Mania. He was going to go Doug meet. Doug Bradley, and he Doug didn't Bradley. leave my booth. <laughs> George is like, I'm not going over there. <laughs> I'm like, but you came all the way. No? Okay. Sit here. Well, I saw Freddie is going to be at Monster Mania this weekend. Uh, so Oaks. If George wants to go and be like, hey, I'm the guy who hadn't seen your movie until somebody made a cameo with you, maybe he'll remember. We were going to make the trek, but we are going to Florida this weekend, so we can't go to the show. Oh. And that's why we're recording Thanksgiving way early. Guys, pass the turkey. It is Thanksgiving season. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. So what were your uh, impressions? G. I thought it was hilarious. I watched it with my wife. Oh, she did watch it? Mm-hmm. Has she ever seen it before? Uh, no. Really? She knew of it, like I knew of it, mm-hmm. that we know that it's a funny movie. We know that it's like... It's a classic. It's like SNL people doing it, basically. But I don't know if it's as funny now as it was then, so that's why I was curious with you. Uh, with your opinion, because I thought it was, yeah, because a lot of it has been redone on another level. Like if you see a Chris Farley, David Spade movie, they basically make this movie every time, just in different situations. Uh, yeah, I can see that. That buddy uh, mismatched couple, you know, when Harry met Sally is that way too. Yeah, so it's been done many times, but this is obviously not the first time. You could probably go into the fifties and forties and find some unlikely characters put together. But there's there's something about Steve Martin mm-hmm. that is special when it comes to this this kind of movie, or just Steve Martin's situational comedy in general. I, I think the thing with him is he's 
it's kind of like Chevy Chase or Tom Hanks or Bill Murray. Like they've been around for so long that you they're almost like a family member to you. Like you see him, yep. you see Steve Martin, you think dad, like he's he's like my dad. He's yeah. but he's like sophisticated, but he's a freaking yes. goofball. Yes. So and I think he's always done that. That's always been his shtick is is I'm going to look like I should be a teacher of a, of a advanced math class. Uh-huh. But I'm going to act like Will Ferrell. Yeah. But carry myself like Olivier. Like I'm just like he, he's always that way. No, I I agree yeah. with that. That's why. I like when you, when you describe like David Spade and uh Chris Farley, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, okay. I I get the similarities, but like Neither of those characters are like, no, but David Spade is not Steve Martin. Steve Martin, no. But when he's the straight man to the Farley, right? It's just like this, where the John Candy John and the Candy's, Farley yes. are are similar, but not. I mean, Farley's much more physical comedy than. Right. Uh, but I mean, some John of the, Candy some of the and physical, Farley. <laughs> some of the physical yeah. comedy in this was pretty funny. Yeah, but what I, if you have you ever seen Tommy Boy? Yeah. It this movie is Tommy Boy. Like they yeah. basically just remade Planes Trains. Yeah. But it's not as sophisticated because David Spade is not Steve Martin. No. And will never be Steve Martin. I mean, I love David Spade. So do I. I think he's hilarious. But he's a genius. He's but he's not, not Steve Martin. No. He's not <laughs> Well and Chris yeah. Farley is no John Candy. No. They exist. But he's as lovable. Different planes. Uh but yeah. Right. Different different skill sets, I would say. Uh John Candy though, as I would say the difference, if I were to quantify it off the top of my head, is that Chris Farley knows how to be annoying and funny. Mm -hmm. And John Candy knows how to be the most annoying person you've ever seen (laughs) to the point that you are now annoyed and now you're laughing at yourself for being annoyed with the most (laughs) annoying man in the world. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. You're in the room with him as he zips back and forth in the passenger seat. Oh, my God. Like, just, my kid was like, what is he doing? And I'm like, he's trying to get the snot out of his nose into his mouth so he can breathe. Why does he keep doing that? Because it's that annoying. Playing air piano on a dashboard with the cigarette and the sweat. Like, it's just like, he's <laughs> but, so uncomfortable. I mean, taking the shoes off, and then you're like, oh, God. Uh, it's like, and then taking his socks off, uh, you're like, oh, God. Waving it around. <laughs> like, <laughs> and when he was cracking his neck, I'm like, dude, you're going to snap your head off. And then his dirty socks are in the sink. Oh, in the morning. there's just so <laughs> much. That it's like unco- <laughs> like my wife came in the room a couple times when I was watching. She's like, I can't. I don't have patience for this movie. And I'm like, it, it's purposely done. You that's don't have patience so, because you're yeah, uncomfortable. That's, and that's why the it's point. so good. But she doesn't. She's right. She doesn't have the patience to sit through that. But they're they're setting you up. They're basically saying, you're Steve Martin, and you're going to snap at some point. And yeah. <laughs> And he's gonna push you to your to your breaking point, and when he finally breaks, it's like that's what makes him so makes Steve Martin so good is he's so like even keel, and then when he loses it, he fucking loses it, and I love it. <laughs> oh my and god! Of course, my daughter, my five year old daughter, has to walk into the room the moment he goes to the Mrs. Pool, you know the uh, the car rental the car rental place, yeah. and I I had to mute it, oh. and. Jen's like watching the mouths move. And she's like, oh my God, he's saying the F word a lot. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. he fucking is. <laughs> I'm like, this is the scene and I can't watch it. So when she left the room, I had to put it on my YouTube because I, I rented the movie. I did. I gave George my DVD. So I rented it and I couldn't rewind or fast it forward. It got good use too because I watched it twice. Good. So I was really angry I couldn't rewind that scene. So I wound up watching it on YouTube. You can't rewind it when you rent it. Not something? on, is it Pluto? I don't know. Stop it, really? Yeah. I couldn't fast forward or rewind. So, <sighs> hence why I showed up five minutes before I recorded. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you watched it twice. It's probably going to be a yearly watch for you. Yeah. It's one of those movies. It's like a Home Loan or, you know, Christmas Story where you just kind of find a place to put it mm-hmm. and then you're going to watch it. Is this the first of the John Hughes holiday movies? Because, you know, for me, it's always been Home Alone and then Christmas Vacation kind of piggybacked on that. But this feels like a little earlier and a little bit more prototypical, you know, not quite the finished formula. 
but a lot of shared DNA. Right. Was there one before this that he had done or that somebody had done, you know, not a Christmas story that's like wholesome and, and you Just know. Just like takes place on a holiday? But like a funny, intentional, like vacation on a holiday. Right. I don't know that I've seen one this funny, this slapstick from the era. I'm sure there were earlier comedies. And they don't do anything. Like Uncle Buck doesn't take place in any holidays. Right. Home Alone does, but that's Chris Columbus, even though it's written by John Hughes. But a lot of that shared DNA. It's like we're entering with this movie a little like renaissance of still family appropriate, but edgy enough that like you may not let the little kids watch it, but people well, this, are going to watch it every rated year. R, is it yeah. not? <laughs> so if it is, it's just because of that one thing. scene. I didn't yeah. even check the rating. I thought it was R. Maybe yeah, it not. is R. Huh. Well, I guess I should check the rating before I let my kids watch movies. Yeah, there's no, there's no nudity or anything. Uh, just a lot of fucking parts. Fucking fuck birds, yeah. Now, I've actually <laughs> been to St. Louis Lambert Airport and parked in a lot very similar to, if not the same lot that they shot this movie in. And uh, luckily, we didn't get left behind by the trolley thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I was trying to think like if I had to walk from that, that parking lot all the way back to the terminal, uh, yeah, I would have probably lost my mind too. So. He, That's he real, man. Uses his mind at epic proportions. Well, it's so funny that this movie takes place, for the most part, in my area. You know, we often do your movies in Philly and New York, Northeast, and even Chicago. You know, but I mean, Wichita to Jeff City to St. Louis. I mean, that's my stomping grounds. You know, so that's fun to see. And they did a very good job of recreating all those details, including. Those ugly 80s, like, maroon Missouri license plates that I remember from when I was a kid. Great mm. detail work, guys. When I was uh, watching this movie and they were trying to drive from St. Louis to Chicago on the interstate, I turned to my wife and I said, that's I-70. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the road that I drove down all the way from, like, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. all the way down to... Basically a suburb of St. Louis. Yeah, and next that's, time you're going to take it all the way to Kansas City. Nice. Yeah. Can we, can, can I just say something? You can say whatever you want, <laughs> Trev. Right. Yes. But say it into the microphone. So people I'm can trying, hear you. I'm trying. All right. I'm looking at the list of John Hughes. Because you mentioned the holiday thing. Home Alone, Uncle Buck, Great Outdoors. Planes, Trains, Some Kind of Wonderful, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science, Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Mr. Mom. And that's not all his movies. And you skip both of the vacation movies in there. Oh, I didn't even get to that yet. Yeah, because he did like, yeah, European and Vacation in that same era. Christmas Vacation later, Home Alone. I mean, he hit a renaissance. He hit like Top Gear. Oh, God. Yeah. And I mean, that's just 87 to 90. Like, wow. And then he did career opportunities, which, you know, eh. Yeah, but it's... Nobody's perfect. That movie holds a little special spot. Well, I mean, spot. there's a... Jennifer Connelly, and right when I was about 13 or 14, I think, is when I saw that movie. Yeah, I mean, he probably when never looked at one out. of those quarter horse things again. No. Like, but, I remember uh, watching that movie trailer. I remember that commercial came out. I was... And I was like... <laughs> Stop the press. Who is that? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, that's the chick from Labyrinth? Yeah, I was shocked. Is that the the girl that talks to bugs? Yeah, I didn't know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you I, do now. I do now. You are welcome. Thank you. <laughs> oh, but then, man, don't, don't look above Home Alone. If you're looking at his IMDb, because I scroll up through and it's just like, what happened to John Hughes, man? Beethoven, Home Alone yeah. sequel, Dennis the Menace, Beethoven, I, Baby's I Day he, Out, Miracle on 34th Street, 101 Dalmatians. Ugh. Like, it's just, uh, there's nothing I know here. What Basically, those were the days when studios owned you and you signed like multi movie deals and whatever. And they probably said, okay, you can make your Home Alone 2 but you have to do this script and this script. I don't know. So 
Maybe he Why just got he make so Beethoven? full of money that he was <laughs> just like, all right, Flubber, sure. Just keep those checks coming, Disney. Flubber. Well, actually, I mean, he wrote a lot of those. So no, that's what I mean. I'm, Flubber is right there. just wanted to direct what he wrote, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get it. I guess you run out of ideas. I don't know. You know what it probably is. He probably ran out of French movies to rip off, and so then he had to start <laughs> writing Disney movies. Mm. Flubber's not bad. It's not great. But it's not bad. And the Home Alone three movie, I think, suffers more with the fact that they don't have the original cast. I think if it was the original cast, it would have been fine. You you think that Raja Gosnell did a sufficient job of directing with the pieces they gave him? What do you mean? I don't know. He's the director of Home Alone Three. He also did Scooby Doo, no. the movie. But he wrote he uh, no uh, Hughes wrote. Home I know. Alone 3, I'm just looking yeah. at who who directed it. Yeah. So you think the problem was just the kid? I've never seen Home Alone Three because it didn't have the kid in it. I I just think it was uh it was tough for people to associate it when you don't have anybody coming back. Scarlett Johansson and Janitor are in Home Alone 3. Okay. I see you, Home Alone 3. I'll watch you. <laughs> Mostly yeah, for Janitor. Even... I'm a big fan of Janitor. Uh, but Planes, comma, good movie. Uh, I don't know that I love it, though, guys. I have a problem with, like, the... There are bits that are funny, right? The highway bit, hilarious. Uh... A lot of the movie, though, it's just it's uncomfortable, but not like paced well enough to get me into it to where like I don't think I can watch this every year. I think it's a I think I've watched it twice now. I liked it. It had some funny bits that I might watch on YouTube later. And if if at any point I lose my mind to customer service, I may quote this movie just to give myself <laughs> a laugh. Yeah, but I just I don't have, know. I have. I don't know. It has enough for me to come back every year. And the thing about this movie that I don't love is it murders you at the end. Yes. In a way that it doesn't deserve, but somehow it has earned, if that makes sense. It murders you in a way that this movie in this genre shouldn't be able to do. And it does so subtly the entire time to where the first time through, you're not keeping score of all the little hints. Mm -hmm. And then when Mm -hmm. it delivers that ending, you're just like, oh no, this does compute. <laughs> They've yeah. been doing this the whole time. And then they hit yeah. those synth pads and you're just like, this sounds like Top Gun music. This shouldn't be sad. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> it all coalesces into murder of the audience. I. It reminds me of Big, the movie Big. Where it's, it's like the happy ending you want and then you get there, but it's sad. Yeah but it's happy. Like you're happy, but it's sad. It's too many feelings. Yeah. All at once. It's a stew of feelings. It's a gumbo of feelings. I didn't really request. I don't know how you can't like that. I don't like feeling things, I guess. Am I, <laughs> I am I, mean, I okay? Sci- he doesn't like science, <laughs> science fiction in comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you can't like that. That's, that's what's funny. Beautiful is- to me. A comedy that can make you feel something. Yeah, That's and good. it's in the it's in the beginning. Like he's carrying a picture of his wife around with him. Like you should, yeah. you should think that's strange. Like your job, love your wife. Right. My wife agreed with that. Well, yeah, my wife always says to me, you know, you can work, you know, your ass off, and then you could die tomorrow, and they'll replace you in two days. Mm. That's true. Yeah. That is good life advice. Like Prior- your job. Prioritize the people that can't replace you in an afternoon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Word. It was it was really uh, a different movie the second time around, you know? Because the first time you don't realize all those little things that are... Yeah. No, that are happening that are, you know, pointing to right. he's alone and he's doesn't really have any place to go. And his coping mechanism for being alone <laughs> is being a total... Dick yeah, and not realizing he, how bad he is. Yeah, so the second time around, it is it's it's not the same movie. No, the first time around, it's a lot funnier, and uh, and less feels until the end where like Dan says you get murdered, but you get murdered throughout the in, the entire second watch. Mm-hmm. Like I the first time, 
I would see um, Steve Martin like trying to get away mm-hmm. from John Candy, like just trying to get away. He tries to get away from him, like four times in this movie, trying to part ways. And the first time I watched it, I said, "Yeah, that's not happening." <laughs> like, yeah, they're he's gonna they're end stuck. up. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna end up with them at some point. Something's gonna happen. You know, this whole you know going your separate ways thing is just. Not meant to be here. See, I thought you were going to look at it as... And the second time I watched it, every time he's trying to do that, you're like, oh, man, you feel so bad for John Candy. (laughs) If you leave him, you won't find him in the train station later. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there there was so much, like... Didn't we talk about this before? The the kind of movie that continuously does things that, like, one-ups the last situation... To where yeah. it's just almost yeah. ridiculous. Escalates, and again, escalates, escalates, and yeah. And it's annoying because it's like, oh, God, oh, yeah, now the stairs are going to break. Now the car is going to blow up. And and if the movie's not good, you're you're annoyed by it because, mm-hmm. which is probably what Dan's talking about, where he's not fully on board as this is, you forgive a lot more when you love a movie. Yeah. Because uh, Mr. Mom's that way. Uh Vacations definitely that way. Oh, see, but like, I I love the original vacation so this. much that yeah. I don't even see the flaws anymore. It's a perfect movie because I there are forgotten. no flaws in that movie. I forget None. that there even could be flaws because that movie yeah. is perfect. But I'm talking about like how much more can happen to Clark Griswold and his family. <laughs> and when if you're not fully in, you're like, okay, all right, yeah, roll them up, Russ. Yeah, okay. Oh, now their tires are gone. Oh, like, and you you're yeah. just sitting here. Okay, okay. How much is the they how much are they going to take that no longer becomes real life and it's just like a cartoon, but you never go there because it's Clark Griswold and it's almost like Homer Simpson like everything's going to happen bad and you want it to because you want it to get funnier yeah and with this I was the same way it's like <laughs> that scene on the highway I you forget you know they showed you the it's cigarette very, the cigarette butt it's they very sloppy because. You know, in in another movie, I wouldn't <clears throat> forgive this as much. But if you really think about it, he throws a cigarette in the back seat, like it's leather seats, and like, well, yeah, and then also like ten minutes later, it catches fire. Which and the whole time for like ten minutes, they're like, oh, it's getting hot in here. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a really good yeah. bit to like start it off subtle with the oh, it's getting hot in here because you think then like your brain goes, okay, now we're gonna pay off the cigarette. But then right. things go so out of whack that you're you lose track of the cigarette because you think, yeah. oh, they're doing all these crazy things, and they masterfully, you know, after <laughs> all of the the madness has happened, then they cut back and the car's on fire. You're just like, oh shit, good <laughs> right. job, director, you got me. Mister, it, it's subtle man. too because it's like you hear, you just hear the 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 light. They don't show the they don't yeah. cut to the cigarette on the chair. You just hear the. <laughs> Like that, and then you just see the reflection <laughs> of the flames on their back. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh shit, the car's on fire!" Like you're like, "Oh my god, forgot about the cigarette." I love how, like, the whole you know, it's getting hot in here, so like he's trying to take his like windbreaker off, basically, mm-hmm. and he like gets it stuck on like both sides of the seat, <laughs> and just the ridiculousness of like yeah. how the car's moving across the highway, and Steve Martin is like dead asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Oh that, my god! I mean, dude, it get it just gets me. And then when he finally wakes up, he's like, you "Should take your windbreaker off. It's getting hot in here." <laughs> like he has no idea what, no just, idea happened. what just happened. Well, and that, so good that joke that if you wrote it and told it as a if you put it in uh like a a table read or you, in a spec script, I don't think that people would appreciate it. But the you know that guy says it's we're going the wrong way. How does he know where we're going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so well played that like even though it's kind of a, a I would say like a B grade joke, <laughs> he's drunk. They commit to it with such gusto that it like works in the scene. Yeah. Uh, that's the best part of the movie for me. Between like the freak out at the desk is great, but the the entire highway portion, that's the movie for me. Everything before it is fine, everything after it's fine, but that is the part that came, that got me to come back the second time and rewatch it. And that's the stuff that I always talk about. The written word, and then what the actor does with it. <laughs> and it, Dude, I can't think about this movie without smiling and laughing. Right, that's how that, I know that, that, it, it got it me. works. It got me. Like when when 
when Martin Steve Martin goes to the counter and he has his uh <laughs> and she says, Can I help you? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> like you know it's coming. Yeah. But you have no idea how bad it's gonna be. And it's it's like you almost think he might have threw the fuckings in. Like I wanna read the script to see Yeah. Uh, what the original script was, because they might have done that at a table read, and because they're both, you know, skit actors, he probably could have possibly improved that to bring it to that proportion to where the director's like, because he's the writer too, and he's like, oh, I love that. Yeah, we're gonna do it that way. Like, I, I'd be really curious to see how how much of that was Steve Martin, and how much of that is act- well, actually on the page. Like you guys said earlier, that is that scene is probably the reason why this movie is R. Yeah. So is it worth? Like, is yes. that scene worth mm-hmm. the rating? Yeah, I think so. But I don't know that you would ever do that today, which is a shame. And that right. when we talk about the rating, we haven't talked about it a ton. We we talked about ratings during the Showgirls episode a little bit. But one thing we haven't talked about a ton is this push in the mid 90s to early 2000s for everything possible to get a PG-13. Mm. Because oh, we'll make up the back end with unrated releases on DVD and put the stuff back in, but like we have to get the 12 to 15 demographic into seats because that's the only people going to movies. In those years. And so in no way would a 1999 version of Plane Trains contain more than the one allowed F-bomb. And And you need more F-bombs sometimes. I remember Risky Business when that came out. Uh, The biggest quotable thing was sometimes you got to say what the fuck. Like it was like the one character says that and it became the the you know the the battle cry of of that generation like you just gotta be like just gotta be like what the fuck because that's what the character says and the whole movie is basically characters that are in control basically just saying you know let, letting things go and saying sometimes you just gotta say what the fuck and it's it's so it's it it defined a generation that that kind of attitude that 80s attitude and like dan said it kind of started going away in the mid 90s and now everybody's like so freaking uptight yeah we live in a weird time where you can't have sex in a movie without it being like edgy but you can have all the crazy weird sex you want not judging just just noticing on hbo which is essentially tv now Right, so TV sex, movies no sex, uh, radio still no cursing, podcasts we can say fuck all day, <laughs> and it doesn't—it's not even a thing. Like, you know, we don't even have to mark our episodes as explicit, and we just said fuck like twenty times. Right. But by God, you say fuck on the radio, woo! Somebody's oh, getting fined. Maybe yeah. I don't know if they still find people. I hear shit on the news like twice a week now, so maybe we're just past that. I always enjoyed listening to the radio hosts try to maneuver maneuver the language yeah. to describe shit without getting yeah. mm-hmm. you know fined or uh, bleeped or what's a dumped. I I listen to a lot of uh, talk radio, Philly sports talk radio, and they very frequently will dump callers mm-hmm. because of. I mean, just accidental yeah. profanity that they just can't let on the air. <laughs> You'll get and, the Eagles fan going, yo, man, go. and that's and, all I said. Uh, and it's like, wait, what? They just dumped well, half no, of the shit No, no, it's just all of a sudden he's <laughs> gone, and they're like, okay, well, yeah. uh, and you don't know what happened because it's on like, you know, a couple seconds delay. It's hilarious. But they just they dump it, and they're like, all right, well, unfortunately. Speaking of that, I would like to watch that scene at the car rental on regular TV. <laughs> Uh, what's the voiceover? He gets this flipping. Oh my god! I want to know. This <laughs> <Says> flipping. <laughs> I want my flipping car. I want my flipping car. I left my flipping keys without the flipping car. <laughs> flipping highway. Yeah, it wouldn't work. <laughs> the walk. You're Two flipped. Flipping miles <laughs> across the flipping, flipping runway. runway. Come back here. <laughs> 
You can smile on <laughs> my flipping face. I want my flipping car flipping now. <laughs> do You're you, flipped. Do you <laughs> have your yeah. rental contract? <laughs> no. I flipping through it in the <laughs> flipping air. <laughs> or whatever. Oh. You're flipped. Wow. <laughs> You're flipped. <laughs> oh, man. This makes me want to go watch Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Rooney wasn't in this movie. He probably would have been uh, on the payroll if he was by then. He wasn't pretty. He's like Tim Burton type uh, choice for every movie. Kevin Bacon came back for a couple movies too. He liked who he worked with. Anthony yeah, Michael they made like a little family of yeah. actors. One of my favorite things with uh, ooh, uh, get your drinks ready, guys. Uh, Jalo movies. Oh, shit. is that when you find mm. a good one? There's usually two or three more with the same basic cast and the same director mm. or someone related like you know argento used a lot of the same people but also like uh ercoli ercoli how am i supposed to say that name i don't know the guy that did death walks on high heels used oh. the same oh, group of guys and gals for <laughs> at least four five five different giallo used the same cast and so when you watch them they're not at all related story-wise but you're like, hey, the gang's all here. It's very John Hughes. You know, it's like it feels like an acting company putting on a series of productions, kind of. It's just charming. I like seeing the same group that have chemistry just continue working together. I agree. Yeah, it's like uh like Guy Ritchie did the same thing, I feel like. He's got a lot of the same people in his movies. Well, and uh Christopher Nolan, you know, he mm-hmm. keeps yep. using the same supporting cast with different leads and moving people around so i like it when people do that it makes me happy me too it's like coming home especially when you you know like there's this magic the first time Mm -hmm. you're like yeah here's another movie that's the same cast it's got to be good right you're like yeah it is it's home yeah these people make good movies together unless it's american horror story and then I see the season three. You're like, yeah, I don't want to see these people anymore. <laughs> well, there's that too. Sometimes that happens. But one and two, damn, that's some good acting going on in there. But I'll tell you what, I'll watch these two guys in any movie. Yeah, they do. I don't know if they do another buddy film like this. I know Great Outdoors is John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, and that's really good to to see them two together. Um, yeah, John shit. Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray. I was only like three degrees away. Yeah, you were pretty. I close. was pretty close. In the grand scheme of moviedom, you were darn close. You know, mm-hmm. you were hand grenade range. Yeah. <laughs> Grenade! We should probably watch Stripes at some point. I agree. I agree. It's like Porky's, but good. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Whatever you guys want to do, I'm it's here got, for it. It's got PJ Souls in it, so you can't, can't go wrong. I think my only issue with this movie is uh, the family. His family. Steve Martin's family. Yeah. It feels like there's a missing reel. <laughs> Why? Like, I know it's about them too and the travel, but there's just a lot of scenes with his wife where it, she has no dialogue. It's like real quick little snippets. It's almost like they edit, edited her stuff out. Yeah. I, I yeah. I would and I, concur with I that. It felt weird. And then at the very end, like you don't get anything from her other than like one or two lines. It's a real uh, tell don't show situation. Like yeah. we know that they love each other and they can't wait to get home. But, like, do we feel that in the family, like, mm. snippets? I really don't. We don't get the uh, Catherine O'Hara from Home Alone, like, performance from yeah. her. Which would have been great. Well, maybe you don't get Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone unless you see this movie and go, eh, I'm really not feeling, I need more. Right. I need more out of her. I need, mm-hmm. And there you go. But 
But that's my only complaint. But to I be think. fair, she's really the Steve Martin character in right. Home Alone, right? She's the one traveling desperately to get home. Yeah. So what you need yeah. is the mom in this movie in Planes uh, setting traps and trying to kill burglars, <laughs> in which case this movie would be perfect. Wow. This would be... As long as it's a killer Santa Claus. That would be a lot for <laughs> one movie, but right. I think John Hughes could do it. He probably could. Well, now he can't, but he probably could have. Now, one thing that I will point out, and I don't know enough about this to comment, but I will bring up a thing I saw, which is that the new 4K release of Planes that comes out on November 22nd or so contains a lot of extra footage. And I heard a little bit of chatter about a potential like John Hughes cut. Like there might've been some stuff that he lost in this movie to producers that he wished he had kept. So I don't know if that's a thing that you guys should be aware of, but maybe check out that new release and see if there's like more to this story. Yeah. Maybe you'll find the wife and kid in those cuts, or maybe you'll find even more funny bits or even more sad bits or the rest of that horrible bus scene that I was just like, don't kiss on the bus kid. When (laughs) that was, that was probably also our rating contributing. I don't know. That's PG 13. It was still hilarious because my kid was just like, ew, kissing. And I'm like, yes, keep that attitude. That's the right attitude. We we didn't even talk about it. It's the friggin' DVD is called this. What? This is the, um, those aren't pillows edition. (laughs) Like that scene (laughs) when he's like, where, where's your other hand between two soft pillows? (laughs) But like that scene when they jump up and he's like, Oh, how about those bears? Like, Oh God, that was so funny. (laughs) I was like, what's the manliest thing we can do right. right now? That was always our response as kids when, and I don't know why, because I don't, maybe we saw it on regular TV, but this, I remember watching this as a kid, but I don't remember it being so obviously not R-rated. And my parents weren't the kind of parents would be like, oh, you can't watch that movie because it's Yeah. But maybe I just kind of blocked out the the. So how about them bears? But yeah, you always said that when you got caught doing something a little. A little sus. A little sus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you kind of need was... it at the end of this movie, man. It's like the sense pads hit, and you find out everything's going to happen, and then you turn to the guy next to you in the movie theater, and you go, how about them Chiefs? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> real good football. <laughs> Throws are real deep. <laughs> and what what is it the guy, the one farmer guy in the truck says about the girl? Uh, <laughs> Her baby came out sideways. Yeah, she didn't even scream. <laughs> What was the one? Was something about her being small? Oh, I just la- I was again in the other room. I just started laughing. Uh, she made me small, but she's tough. Oh man, what the hell was that? Quote? <laughs> oh my god, I had a real like PTSD flashback to my previous employment and city of residency during that scene. It felt very real, guys. Yeah, I know those people. They're fine people, but boy, <laughs> that's real. <clears throat> you want to go on a people train? <laughs> people train don't leave from Wichita. Wichita. Got to go all the way to Stubville. <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> you the shower curtain fella? <laughs> people train. <laughs> Trying to get on a people train? <sighs> what was it? Hogs and cattle. Going out of Wichita. Hi, I think the the night before when they're trying to go to sleep in the same bed, yeah, like there's there are points where there's no lines exchanged. They're just like, like John Candy's just like rust like rustling around, like tossing and turning, and like they're trying to figure out like you can tell like there's nothing going on. There's no dialogue, but like there's one blanket and like two guys, and it's just it's just it's funny and four like, pillows, <clears throat> yeah. And four pillows. And Steve Martin's like, he's acting with his expression on his face because you got John Candy behind him doing, you know, X, Y, and Z, talking, clearing his sinuses, just the whole bedtime routine. And the whole time... And then he finally snaps. Steve Martin's face is (laughs) is doing acting Mm -hmm. where there's no words. Mm -hmm. It's so fantastic. To me, it's like uh, that scene had to have been just set up the camera and let them be. Let them do. Let them play. 
Yeah. And then we'll, it's almost like a Seth Rogen. Because they know what to do. They know what to do. Yeah. Like, that's... Candy's like, okay, I'm going to do every freaking <laughs> thing I can think of yeah. that I would think is annoying, like chewing, clearing my throat, cracking my neck, talking. cracking my knuckles, talking, farting, whatever it is I'm going to do. And, and like you said, Martin's just got to sit there. And he knows at some point he has to <laughs> stop that. But he yeah. chooses to just maybe make John Candy continue <laughs> to come up with shit. Right. <laughs> so it's like it's yeah. almost like improv classes. Like, okay, yeah. who's gonna break first? Yes. So maybe Hughes was like, okay, you know, just do this, this, and this, and then Steve Martin has to react, and then Martin's sitting there going, "I'm not gonna react. I'm just gonna sit here and do this." And then when Steve Martin finally does crack. And he's going, like, he literally, there's, like, a little bit of an exchange, and then Steve Martin just goes on and on and on. Oh, about he, he destroys him. Exactly. And and the first time you watch it, it's like, you know. You're like, you're just Steve Martin. You're just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> he's really going for it. Like, this is comical mm-hmm. how long this is going on for. And the second time you watch it, you're like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. So but look much, at John Candy's so much face. He doesn't know about John Candy, right? But he's what he plays shame. that so well. That silent stare after he unloaded yeah, on him. I like me. Yeah, <laughs> but like in his face, yeah, it's, he knew what his line was. But it's that, good. Yeah, it's, it's really so good. good. This his movie's face so is like, good, guys. You know, fuck you. That basically, I like me is fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> That's how he said it. <laughs> Um, I even let you pay for the room. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't feel like you were intruding, uh, which you are. Which you are. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I think my favorite question my kid asked me while we were watching this tonight, he goes, so did you have to carry all of your money in your wallet? <laughs> uh, no, it's funny. I watch, I, on YouTube, I watch a lot of guys that are flippers. So they go to yard sales and whatever. Every single GoPro shot of them after they make a deal is them looking in their wallet. <laughs> and they have like this GoPro shot of the wallet and there's just thousands of dollars inside there. I'm like, no one keeps that kind of money in their yeah, wallet. No. You can't it's got a George Costanza thickness. Like you can't sit on that. Yeah. But it's like it's obnoxious because they just open this thing and it's like, you know, forty tens. And like fifty ones, fifty fives, like it's like, dude, it's huge. It's the like other the other keeper. day, I went to like a gas station that I normally don't go to. Like I usually hit Wawa, which is like a big chain around here, and they're corporate, so like none of the attendants carry cash, mm-hmm. right? They get it out of a drawer from somewhere. And like I went to this other gas station, like the dude pulls out like a wad of money, and I was like. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen the wad of money at a gas station since I was like 12. Mm-hmm. And you know what? This is probably not a relatable story because we're like the only state in the entire United States that actually has somebody pump <laughs> right, our right, gas. Right. Never mind. Just cut that yeah, all out. That. Or don't. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Dan's like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, it's really not that difficult people. to operate the pump, boys. No, it's real. It's really not. It's actually like a make work job. It's actually kind of nice to not have to get out of your car and go to the go to the it, cashier. It is nice, but it's it's really it's it, it's extra, but it's it, fine. Yeah, I'm willing to pay the extra couple of cents for gas to have some guy do it. I really yeah. am. I, yeah, it's awful charitable of you to give people yeah, work you know. when you could do it yourself. I like that. Good job, guys. <laughs> Stars in no, your but crown. seriously, but seriously, if you're the governor of a state like New Jersey and you're like, I got to come up with like. You know, a million jobs overnight. It's like, all right, no one's allowed to pump their own gas anymore. Perfect. You just created a million jobs. Now, if only they'd also make it illegal to vacuum your own floors and mow your own grass, I would be exactly. the happiest kid <laughs> in the candy store. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It's a make work kind of job. Just like, come on over. We we manufactured the job, gas pump attendant. Like, it's not necessary. But but it's nice. It is nice. It's luxurious here in New Jersey. You should, you should come. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find the damn quote of what they say to this chick in the pickup truck, but it's not happening. I should do some research before we record. You know. <laughs> the last boy came out sideways. <laughs> she didn't even scream. 
god. Yeah, the, just the physical comedy of her like nursing or holding a, a small infant and then him giving her that look and she has to hand the infant off to another kid to come out and carry their luggage is so funny. But, you know, yeah. it's quick. It's good. Like this movie until the sad part. And then I'm like, man, why you got to go do that? Ah, uh, it's but fine. it has to. It's fine. Yeah. It's love. It's life. It's emotion. It's good stuff. I think I found it. Feelings. Ew. He says, is it very heavy? She don't mind. She's short and skinny, but she's strong. Her first baby came out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> she's kind of short, but she's strong. That's right. That's what he says. She's kind of short. She's skinny. She's strong. <laughs> came out sideways. <sighs> she didn't even scream or nothing. That's <laughs> so good. Owen. What's the character? Owen. Are you that shower curtain fella? <laughs> what were those ivory rings he was calling them? Was it not Czechoslovakian? What was it? <laughs> I don't know. It might have been. Oh my god! That when was he, when that was the other Tommy selling Boy. them as, selling them as earrings. Instead, like in Tommy Boy, they're they're selling brake pads and shit. And in this yeah. movie, there's he's selling a shower curtain. That's rings. what he does, man. <laughs> I sold him a bunch of shower curtain rings. He owes me a favor. Like, why does he owe you a favor? <laughs> oh, my God. Gave him such a good deal on a shower curtain rings. You can't get a hotel room with shower curtain rings. <laughs> I don't know. When you go to those motels, you probably can. You probably could. I think that's a, I think that that's a valid exchange where he keeps bringing them to the kind of seedier side of all the cities. I love that part where he's like, why didn't we take the interstate? I thought you'd mm. want to look around. He looks totally uncomfortable the whole time. Hell, the owner of my company did a whole reality show on that, on the the billion dollar buyer, where he would find out from other people like you would suggest shit you make or you have or you bake or whatever it is you do. Yeah, and then you pitch him, and he decides whether he's going to purchase it for all of his properties. Oh, cool. So you know, if you make the best macaroons. He'll, he might purchase might. your macaroons for all uh, of his yeah, properties. Fill some orders, yeah. And he's oh. a casino guy, mm-hmm. restaurant guy. Well, he's a restaurant and casino guy. Tillman. If you make the best cannolis, do you get a walk away, or do they just take your cannolis and leave you in the car? I don't know. I don't know. Inquiring minds want to know. Ah, come on! This isn't the uh, the good old days, the fifties, sixties, and seventies. 80s and 80s <laughs> anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh man any final thoughts on planes comma trains ampersand automobiles i don't know if i if you haven't seen this movie see it see it's it. good it's good stuff see it twice well it's a good it's thanksgiving worth- watch too i mean when you're with family who you love or if you're around family you don't love so much and you want to ignore them for an hour and a half good movie mm. for the season yep. It's a good background movie too. Like if you're doing shit, you yeah. put it on. You're gonna you're gonna stop and watch a couple of the scenes, but it's good background. Yeah. It's pretty quotable too. Very. Like if you want to, you know, if you want a movie to watch that you can, you know, maybe live your life by for a few months, <laughs> be like, yeah, let me try to just you know live this. I'm way. gonna try that next time someone lays into me and like screams at me for like three minutes. I'm just gonna look at them right in the eyes and go, I like my me. wife likes me. I like me. <laughs> 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 a lot of lessons to be learned yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Well, I like me. Love it. My wife likes me. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh, man. The The question becomes, where do we go from here, guys? So oh. we have one week left in November. And uh, after that, I'm sure things might get a little holiday oriented for a few weeks i've got a couple of really good christmas themed slashers for you that Mm. travis won't let us watch but i've got them here in case (laughs) you change your mind hey i got scrooged on this show i'm fine with scrooge was really good yeah i mean there's a couple 
holidays stuff. I mean, there are five Silent Night, Deadly Night movies, and uh, we've only oof. seen two. So there's still hope uh, for me. Scratch that. We saw one. You watched two. <laughs> well, I mean, two is just one, basically, again. So right, you've right. seen you two. Showed and... us, you showed us enough clips of two to where we got so much eyebrows. Right. We were just done. Done. Garbage day. We have Garbage to watch. I would day. think Gremlins is a good Christmas movie, but. I've seen that. Yeah, we'll see. We we'll should have still to watch see. it. We'll have to see. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, we have one week left in November. And so I was racking my brain to come up with something that feels like November, looks like November. And I, what is November besides Thanksgiving? And I think I have the perfect answer. So, guys. Stripes. Stripes. We are watching 1970s Whirlpool, directed by Jose. Ramon Larraz, which, if you remember back to our Friday the 13th episodes, we've been talking about that movie since the beginning of this podcast, like from almost day one. Have we? Dan has. (laughs) (laughs) Dan has. And you probably don't even remember it. You might have to go back and listen to the Friday the 13th episodes, one and two. He does bring it up quite a bit. It came up a lot during the Friday uh, stuff. Not from us. From me. <laughs> Dan uh, has been talking Dan about has it been talking about since, since season day one. one. Okay. I don't want to tell you it's too like... much about the movie because it's underseen. And, and for any of our listeners who haven't seen it yet and don't want to go out and buy three movies from Arrow, because you have to buy it in a three-pack. Uh, I sent it to you, George, years ago. Uh, but it is last I saw, it was available on YouTube in a mediocre but watchable quality. So... If you don't own it, if you don't want to rent it, it's out there on YouTube. But George has the Blu-ray that I sent him years ago. It is a lot of things. And in many ways, it is unlike anything we've watched on the show so far. But I don't want to talk too much about why. But just so that you guys know, the Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th Part 2 episodes, it comes up quite a bit in the analysis portion. I argue that the DNA of Friday the 13th contains more Laraz than most people would assume. And I, uh, you know, whether or not I'm right, who knows, but there's the potential that this is one of the like great grandfathers of the Friday the 13th movies. Also some other American movies that we'll talk about and maybe watch someday if we really feel like going that way. Um, And it looks like November the whole time. Hmm. So, okay. So we're not watching stripes. Not watching stripes. Not yet. <laughs> I watch Whirlpool. If it's not good, I watch Stripes, and then me and you can talk about Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> While Dan talks about Whirlpool, <laughs> it'd be a really great episode. That would be hysterical. As I posit points about Whirlpool, and you <laughs> respond with points about Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> that might be our best episode. <laughs> oh God! Um, it's, a, it's the widest uh, uh, audience crap. catching that we can <laughs> come like up just with. Casting. Well, you know, with the right, with the right we'll uh, thumbnail from Stripes, it might get us all the hits. This is true. Ooh, true. So well, you said hits. <laughs> just wait till you see Whirlpool, guys. You don't even know. You don't even know what you're getting into. And actually, most people don't because. It's a terribly underseen movie from a guy that, by name, you don't know who that is. Uh, Laraz later directed a movie called Vampires with a Y instead of an I. Mm. Uh, mm. Very I famous I... amongst the horror crowd, but that's like his standout movie. It's real good. We might watch it if we get to vampire movies at some point. He also did a bunch of crappy slashers in the late 80s that were really bad, but like charmingly so. But this was when mm. he was still like good and edgy and had something to say. What's your name? Let me get this straight. Is it Laraz Al Ghul? <laughs> <laughs> Every time he says Laraz, I think of that. Laraz Al Ghul. <laughs> so good. Can't wait, Great man. Uh, Whirlpool, been looking forward to talking about this movie for over two years. Uh, nearly three years. So let's get it done. Let's hope you like it. And if you do, later, maybe we'll watch Vampires. But for now, thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod 
We'll see you back here next week for a post-Thanksgiving but still November episode of Whirlpool from 1970. Be sure to check out our Friday the 13th Part 1 and 2 episodes for the analysis portion so you have some context for why we've been talking about this movie on and off for two and a half years. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) 